0: Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Tuesday, June 6th, and welcome back to the Island College Basketball Podcast. Got Matt Norlander here with me, obviously, and big news this week in the world of college basketball. Thad Mata. out at Ohio State after 13 years, not a retirement. Basically a firing. The athletic director, Gene Smith, explained yesterday that, uh, yes, when he said back in March that that model was going to continue as Ohio State's men's basketball coach, he meant it. But the developments over the past three months, a a double-digit score quitting the team, um, uh, the staff missing on relevant 2017 grad transfers or prospects that uh, could theoretically have helped next season. And also the top player in Ohio who was committed to Ohio State, class of 2018, decommitting publicly, uh, saying that he was going to reopen his recruitment. All of these developments uh, led Gene Smith to to the point where he felt it was um, uh, the right thing to do to approach that matter about maybe making a coaching change. That he did that last Friday and, of course, yesterday. Um, It was announced in a joint press conference that that model will not continue as Ohio State's coach. Norlander, uh, I'll start it here. Your thoughts on on what we saw go down in Columbus yesterday?
1: I got a ton of thoughts, GP. Um, I really want to get deep into this because this is really unusual. You almost never see any kind of coaching change ever in June. Obviously, last year we had the fairly unusual situation with SMU losing its coach right in the middle of the recruiting period with Larry Brown stepping away. This is a firing. Uh, Listen, it's bizarre circumstances because if it's a firing, you don't usually have a joint press conference with the AD and the coach. I think that Gene Smith and Thad obviously have a really strong personal and working relationship. And Thad basically – I actually don't know Thad that well. I know that you and a lot of – some people in the media know him well. I've interviewed him a couple of times. He's been great. But I actually don't know him that well. But from what I know from other people and having dealt with him, he just does not seem like he carries hardly any ego about him. And for him to handle this the way that he has, I think, has even maybe gone a little bit understated in the 24 hours here since the news broke. uh, Because I just don't believe that many coaches that would have been placed in the circumstance that Thad was placed in would have sat down at a press conference Taken questions, I was so intrigued by Thad at the press conference. GP um, opens with a Grateful Dead quote, then immediately starts welling up and crying. Had an interesting quote to me about I like I I think that if he had the choice, Parrish, if you told him you can coach Ohio State next year or not, he would be coaching. But at the same time, he said, you know, never say never to not coaching again. And I do believe if he can get to a point of of true Stable health. I mean, he's got the back issue that's bothered him for almost a decade. He's got drop foot and all that. If he can get to a point in the next three to five years where he is feeling much better, I do think he will coach again because, again, he's only 49. But he mentioned, you know, my next job will be in track, and I can tell parents, I'll point to my watch and say, your son ran this time. And I think just even a small quote like that opens up to the world that coaches deal with a lot helicopter parents. It's a lot of of ego management when you're at a coach at a top 15 program. Obviously, he had a class 2 years ago. That was a highly rated class that completely flamed out. I I didn't no one really saw this coming. If Gene Smith wanted to make this decision, he should have done it definitively in the middle of March, but he put out a statement saying, you know, we're going to evaluate our program, you know, intensely over the next season. It didn't get to that point because there were clearly Recruiting losses and, and no momentum established whatsoever over the past two months. Uh, to me, it seems – Parrish, it seems – and I know you wrote a column on this. Uh, I all, Overall, I guess I'm not okay with the move. Now, if Ohio State gets a really solid coach, as it should, then obviously it's going to look like, okay, then Gene Smith probably did the right thing. But you're still behind the eight ball. The July recruiting period's right around the corner. I get it. Like, you go to the 247 top 100 recruits, uh, I don't think Ohio State has one recruit in the top 70, if I'm correct, even beyond that. So I understand that. Um, it feels a little bit panicky to me. But, as you know, if you were going to do this, if you were 60 to 80% doing this come March of 2018, then why not just do it now? I know there's something to be said for that. and Gene Smith's reputation is fairly solid. Um, it just feels like Thad was maybe done a little bit wrong here, but at the same time, I mean, he's going to aid in the coaching search. There's just never been a situation like this. So there are 12 different angles off of this piece of news that we can really go to. That's my kind of rambling overarching thoughts on it. I'm not okay with it. I guess I kind of understand it. Um, to me, Thad Mata has done enough. And if he wanted to coach, and that's the indica- indication, you know, in internal circles, that he should have had one more year to prove that, but he won't. And now he'll help Gene in hiring the next coach, whoever that might be.
0: So we'll walk people through this. Um, yesterday morning, early, uh, Ohio State sends out a email, very vague. It just says that Gene Smith and Thad Mata will be available in the practice gym you know, at two o'clock Eastern today. Not that they'll address the future of the program or address any, just Gene Smith and Thad Mata will be available. That's all it said. And so it's just weird. Why are you holding a press conference with your, or now it's unusual. Why are you adding, uh, uh, why are you holding a press conference with your athletic director and men's basketball coach on June 5th? Like what would be the point of that? And so I start trying to run through the possibilities. The only thing I can come up with is maybe uh, the the, the freshman arrived on campus, and so they're going to discuss the freshman class. But even that didn't make any sense. Why does the AD want to be involved in that? Yeah. So you start making thought, the phone
1: calls. I and, thought it was going to be – just sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. When I saw the email, I thought Thad needs to have back surgery and he's going to be out for the summer. That's what I thought it was going to
0: be. Yeah, or, or, or something like that. Like, right, like Thad's got to walk away, take a leave of absence, something like that. They just start making the phone calls, and I'm hearing – he's definitely like not – Going to be the Ohio State coach going forward. It's just a matter of of whether it's effective immediately or he's going to coach one more year. So then I tweet that that Mata will uh, address his future. You know, at today's press conference. Um, but I couldn't go any further than that because I could like it, it, I was hearing it. I was hearing both versions of the story. It's going to be one more year and then retire, or it's effective immediately. Like I had you know, people who. Are around that program saying both both things, and so you know you and I and and some of our editors were in a, a Slack chat, and I was like keeping you. I was like, listen, I'm writing a story right now. He's not going to be the Ohio State's coach anymore, but I, I can't pin it down whether it's one more year or effective immediately because I'm hearing both things. And then uh, 24/7 Sports posts a story that says he's going to coach one more year and retire, and a lot of people picked up on that one and started just you know attributing. Or just stealing uh, and, and, and going with that. And I was still hearing from people, that's not, I don't know if that's 100% right. So I just held off, held off. And then probably about 25 minutes before uh, the announcement or the press conference, I, I was told it's going to be effective immediately. And so you get to that point. And I was, uh, I even assumed at that point, because I think it's reasonable to assume at that point, that it's going to be a retirement. You know, for health reasons, I I couldn't imagine Ohio State firing Thad Mata on on June 5th. Um, Like you said, why not do it in March if you're going to do it on June 5th? And so my instincts were to like not understand this at all, to totally disagree with it, to think the timing is ridiculous. And then I watched the press conference and I heard Gene Smith talk and it totally makes sense to me. And so that's sort of the way I wrote the column Uh, while, while using enough words, I hope. To make it clear, all of the things that accomplished at, at Ohio State and 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 how um, he's a decent man who, you know, I always thought this was interesting. I, and I've said this a million times. I never vouch for coaches as it relates to working within the NCAA rules or working outside of the NCAA rules. Like you'll never hear me say that that guy does it the right way because you just get burned doing that. Like you know, I, I don't I don't know who does it the right way. I, I know I know some of the guys who don't. But I, even the guys who you think do, I, I just – I don't want – I don't ever I – I vouch for no one. But I will say this, and I always thought this was interesting. When Thad was a young coach – he's still young. He's only 49 years old. But, like, he's, like, 38, 30, 37, 38, uh, 39, you know, in his 30s, head coach at Ohio State. And he goes out and signs Greg Oden and Mike Conley and Daquan Cook. And number one class in the country. Number one player in the country. Went went out of state to get Odin and Connolly. Remember, they're from uh, Indianapolis. And I never heard a, another coach suggest that they cheated to get that done. In any other similar circumstances, young coach uh, goes out, signs top class in the country, goes out of state to do it. I mean, they, they call that guy a cheater every time. You know it as well as I do. Ah, you know what they're doing over there. You know what he must be doing over there. And I'm not saying that they did it. I, again, I vouch for nobody. I just always thought it was interesting. I never heard another coach say, well, you know what, the, you know what they did at Ohio state to get that done, right? Like there was no even, uh, you know, whisper, whisper about it. And so my instincts, when I sit, when I said, okay, how am I going to write about this situation yesterday was like, man, this is a decent man fired on June, June 5th, guy who had accomplished a whole bunch that that's, I, you know, that, that seems unfair and perhaps it is unfair, but I thought Gene Smith did a pretty great job of laying out his logic here. And the logic is this, it, you know, whether it was ever stated or not, it's pretty clear that if Ohio state was bad next season, they were going to make a coaching change after next season. That would be three straight misses of the NCAA tournament um that was you know there were people who thought he should have maybe pulled the trigger after this past season that that he that means you only get one more no matter what if it's bad so then you go okay I, I want to let my coach try to coach out of it that's why you keep him in March and what you're hoping is that you know they can add a grad transfer to or or a high level recruit to to make an impact everybody who's supposed to come back comes back and and then you got a chance to be good get in the NCAA tournament and maybe uh, knock it out of the park, class of twenty eighteen recruiting class, and, and maybe write the ship, if you will. But it didn't unfold like that over the past three months. Uh, Jaquan Lyle quits the team. Uh, that's a double digit score gone, and the last member of your class of twenty fifteen that was ranked fifth nationally. Um, they didn't they didn't add anybody of relevance late for twenty seventeen, whether it's a grad transfer or freshman, whatever. And uh, the best prospect in in, in Ohio, class of twenty eighteen kid decommitted and so you go okay this is not good and if i'm going to make a move next march if we have a bad season and it's undeniable if you look at the roster that we're going to have a bad season what is the point in waiting does it do as a service to my program which is the most important thing if you're an athletic director you know, you value your friendships and all that, but ultimately, you're in charge of running the athletic department. Am I doing a disservice to my athletic uh, department? But also, am I just am I are we putting Thad through something he did not need to go through? Like, uh, like you know, they were going to be bad next year, and they are going to be bad next year. And so, you, you you spend four months of being terrible, getting your brains beat out in the Big Ten, and then what? Do what you do do what maybe you should have done a year earlier. And so, by deciding to pull the trigger now. You go ahead and get a coach in place, and we'll talk about who it may or may not be in a moment, and and you at least give them a chance to to get a head start on the class of 2018 so that whatever rebuilding job has to be done, it'll be expedited just a little bit. And from that perspective of trying to do what's best for the future of Ohio State basketball, um, I totally understand it. And, and, and it's only, and I wrote this, It's only surprising because it's so rare. Typically, athletic directors who know one more bad year and it's over, they let their coach have that one more bad year. But if there's nothing on paper that suggests you're going to be able to avoid the bad year, what is the point? And so, like, I like that a lot. I hate uh, seeing his, hopefully it's not the end of his career, but possibly his career in this way. But strictly from the perspective of the athletic director, and doing what's best for the men's basketball program, it, it kind of makes, it like, it, it, it absolutely makes sense to me what they did yesterday.
1: It does. At the same time, he's the winningest coach in Big Ten history in terms of winning percentage. Um, had, in my opinion, done enough through the first 11 seasons of his tenure um, that he. I, I understand what you're saying. I'm not convinced that. That. See, I think Thad is a top 25 coach in the sport. And, yes, the roster was going to have issues. I I think that there was a chance, given his track record, that they could have been better next year than they were this past season um, and might have had a chance to be a top seven, top eight, Big Ten team. But that's me putting a lot of faith into Thad as a coach. Um, it is rough when you consider where Ohio State and Thad were, say, you know, entering 2015 essentially as to where he is now um, because he was in fact hold on let me I'm thinking off the top of my hair let me look at this right now I want to say because that is now gone we talked about this on the podcast recently that is gone which means Izzo is by far the longest tenured coach in the league and then Painter okay so Painter has been there so it's so Painter's number two and then everyone else I mean guards Guard just got the job and then Turgeon's been there uh, you know 3 4 years Patina the same beeline has been there what 7 8 uh, I'm just looking around the league like that was I think that was the second longest tenured coach in the Big 10 um I I think he was deserving of another season um if you were going to let him go one I think it would have been hard to let him go back in March when you know there was just certainly noise around the program and the momentum that had been lost and clearly negative recruiting against him. And Thad was honest and transparent in his press conference on Monday, Gary. He said that, you know, people were absolutely recruiting against him uh, negatively with his health. And he even like he was really honest talking about how hard it was to, you know, stand and sit and just operate a practice uh, to put on pants and all this stuff. And um, so from that angle, that's why I think this also happened. If Thad Mata was in, you know, the physical condition of an average 49 year old, which is to say, relatively healthy and, and can operate uh, the, the duties of the job, I don't believe that he would have been fired personally. But because this has been something that has been uh, bothering him for a long time and it was being used against him in recruiting, and Ohio State had outright lost the foothold, I think when you put all those factors in, it's why it happened. And it's why Thad probably accepted the end game here, even though he would have wanted another year. So I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's the wrong decision. Right. I just personally believe that Thad is a good enough coach that he deserved another season. And I am of the belief that Ohio State would have been better next year than this past year based off of the coach he's proven to be. That's all.
0: I, 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 I agree with you on most of that. I don't think Ohio State would have been better next season. And and even if they were, I don't think it would have been good enough. I don't think they would have been good enough to get to the NCAA tournament and by extension good enough for him to keep his job. But I do think you can you can say both of these statements honestly. And I, I think I wrote this first paragraph of my column. Uh, Thad, almost more than anybody, perhaps more than anybody, deserved the opportunity to coach out of this mess. Um, uh I I believe that you know good man good coach accomplished incredible things like uh, give him a chance to like I I totally understand that point of view on the other hand if I I think this is probably better for the men's basketball program I I think it'll get it'll get back to where it ought to be more quickly because of what happened yesterday than it otherwise would have I think it's reasonable to say both of those things. Um. To your point about his health, that's the thing that makes me uh, saddest, because this is a man who was on his way to a Hall of Fame career, and I don't think that's an overstatement. And he went in for, and I guess no back surgery is ever routine, but but you know, as back surgeries go, this one wasn't supposed to be that complicated, and something happened somewhere, and he lost the ability to to walk. I mean, he, you know, he had dropped foot and, and it's better today than it was before, but it's not great. And this is a man who was active, who was a runner. And there's some really, I was going to say great quotes. They're not great. They're sad uh, from him from a few years ago, you know, discussing this pretty candidly and saying, you know what, like I lost the ability to, to do some of the things I want to do as a father with my children. I lost some of the, the ability to do some of the things I want to do as a husband and I don't care how much money you have. It's sort of a cliche that you know your health is your most important thing, um, but it's a, it's a cliche for a reason. Like you you you, you maybe don't view it that way. Um, you know, when you're healthy, you don't think of it in those terms. But get unhealthy, you know, you don't value your health up until the point where you get diagnosed with cancer. Then all you want is your health, and 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 you don't value your health up into the or or the ability to to, to jog. Or walk properly, or move around without pain, until you can't move around without pain. Like that man is a multimillionaire. I bet he'd give up every penny just to be able to to walk around comfortably, and to not um, feel the way he feels on a daily basis. And I know he has good days and bad days, but bad days are really bad, and uh, that's awful. I mean, the idea that this man who was awesome at his job and 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 operating at a pretty high level had this unfortunate and unfair medical condition that absolutely cost him on some level his career because uh, on a very basic level if you are in that kind of pain every day you can't do your job the way you used to you can't focus the way you used to um you know you if, if it takes you 20 minutes to put on a shoe that's 20 minutes that you, you don't get back, that you could be doing something else as it relates to your job. And so on that level, like clearly, you, you can't do your job as effectively in that kind of pain, in that kind of a condition as you used to do it. Beyond that, um, coaches were using it against him. You know, Thad had a quote, I want to say it was like from last within the past year, where he said one recruit that they were involved with told him, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to, to come with you like, uh, because of, of health. And they were like, and Thad said, what, what's wrong with you? And they said, no, 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 it's not my health. It's your health. And Thad was like, what? Like, I've never, I haven't missed a day of work. Like, I'm not like, clearly my, my health issues are, are well-documented, but like, what do what? And it was other coaches saying that Thamata was going to die. They were telling him that Mata was going to die. And even if it didn't go to that extreme often, it was very common for other coaches to say, listen, he ain't, because uh, you and I both know people have been whispering about that Mata walking away, not getting fired, but walking away for the past couple of years. And that gets used against you on the recruiting trail. So if it even cost you one recruit um, your, your health issues because co- other coaches were negatively recruiting against you and they were, then then it's not a stretch to suggest that his health like led to this. And that's 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 awful and sad. And I feel sick for him. And the other people I feel sick for, and I didn't think about this yesterday as I was writing the column. It was, it was only something that popped into my head later. You know, that staff, like that's going to be fine. He's a multimillionaire and he's got three years left on a multimillion dollar contract. Uh, but his staff, um, you know, Dave Dickerson and, and Greg Paulus, um, they don't have jobs today. And this is not the time of the year where you where you can find a good job in college basketball. And so I do feel sick for those people. Even if I understand the logic behind what Gene Smith did yesterday, um I, I hate I hate the reality of it and I and I do feel badly for you know I feel bad for the assistants because those guys are are in a tough spot right now that they couldn't have possibly imagined being in even as recently as last week.
1: All right, before we get to the coaching, I agree with you. Um before we get to the coaching candidates, one thought to wrap this up. Um this at the same time, feels like an unusual, borderline, unprecedented firing, but also is indicative of the culture of major college athletics in the coaching profession, and I think this applies to football and to basketball, because Thad Mata had a top-two seed six times, reached two Final Fours, won one, At least 20 games every single season of his career at Ohio State except this past season and prior to the previous two seasons was essentially averaging 30 wins per year okay so if we flash back GP to the end of 2014 2015 Ohio State had just gotten a 10 seed they'd made the tournament they'd gone to the tournament six seven straight years in a row Still had some solid momentum coming into a really great class. If you had said Thad Matt is going to be out of a job and going to be fired within two years, you could not have envisioned a way that that could have been possible no unless way. Thad Mata was caught cheating. Like right. there was just no way that you could have. Po- Thad you, Mott, if you, if, are you kidding if, me he's the second best coach in the league to Tom Izzo, you're telling me he's if, not going to be at Ohio if State. You, two if years you
0: told ago? me Ohio State, uh, if you told me Thad would be the coach at Ohio State in two years, two years ago, I would have said, well, then he retired for health reasons.
1: Right. But if I said he was going to be fired, you'd be like, that's not possible. They had How to could get, something like that. Mata they, lose his job? Yeah, the I, I'd
0: say, what, They cover up a rape?
1: Like, exactly. It had to be something like that, right. So what I hope this does not do, although I have some cynicism about it, is one, it's a ro- reminder that there are really only four or five guys that are like truly safe in this business. I mean, really safe. And I hope this does not... Because Ohio State's just a high-profile top-15 job, I just don't like that a coach can be as successful as Thad. And I do grant the fact that I think his health plays into this. So perhaps that's what will make this a little bit aberrational. But I don't like the idea that a coach that has been as consistently good as Thad and won as many games, has a solid of a reputation as he does, can lose his job that quickly. I don't know. It was It was just really harsh. When you look at it in those terms – uh, I don't think it's a good thing for college athletics that things could turn this quickly. But I think we've established enough of a conversation here and enough context for listeners to understand why it's come to this. Now, candidates, fire away. Who do you think? Who do you like? I did a post of, of seven names. There could be others that crop up, but uh, but give me your thoughts.
0: Um, Listen, Ohio State's a great job. They've got all the resources in the world. Money should not be an issue here. They can pay what whatever they want to pay or whatever they need to pay to get the guy that – They can get. I've heard some people suggest that one of the flaws with doing this now is that it, you know, your candidate pool is 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 smaller than it otherwise would be. There are guys who would maybe take the job next March who won't take the job right now, and I don't think that's true. I I, I think anybody you could get in March you can get right now. Um, Now the question becomes, who can you get? Because even though Ohio State's a great job. Like, you probably want guys who already have great jobs. And, you know, how often do people convince people these days to, to leave a great job? You know, as I always phrase it, um, if you are in a stable situation and well compensated, you don't usually leave that situation unless it's just a no-brainer, you, you got to go. And so, we'll just go through the people on your list. Do you have the list in front of you?
1: I know the list off the top of my head. Okay. But, okay. So, you name them and then I'll talk about them. Okay, this is alphabetical order. So Tom Crean is the first name on the list. Not currently at a job. Obviously was at Indiana for you know seven, eight years, nine years. Knows the league. Thoughts on Tom Crean as a potential candidate for Ohio State? I,
0: um, I think he, I think he'd take it if offered. I agree. I think that he would do well if he got it. Mm-hmm. I'll be surprised if he's in the next head coach at Ohio State.
1: I would be surprised, too. I think it's rational and reasonable to list him as a candidate. Um, I think he is qualified to at least get an interview. Cincinnati's Mick Cronin.
0: I think he would take it if offered. Yes. I think he would do well if he got it. And keep in mind, I think Ohio State's one of those jobs that if you're competent, and all these guys we're mentioning are competent, right? Right. You're not gonna. You're not gonna name somebody who is an incompetent coach who hasn't accomplished good things. So every guy on the list is. I think. I said this about Indiana. Um, you know whether it was Greg Marshall or uh, Archie Miller or Chris Holtman or Chris Mack. I said Indiana is one of those jobs where I think a whole bunch of guys could do that job well. Like I, like I think Archie is gonna be a home run. I also think Greg Marshall would have been home run. I also think Chris Mack would have been home run. So I, I think this job is similar in the sense that. Um, I, I, same thing I said about Tom Cree. Uh Like, I think he would take it at offered, I think he would do well there. Um, I will also be surprised if Mick is the next head coach at Ohio State.
1: I would be surprised, too. Uh, but as I noted in my story, Mick is really one of the truly underrated coaches. Like, we, I almost feel like we almost fall into that cliche a little too much on the pod. But when you look at what Mick Cronin has done at Cincinnati and the consistency he's had, I actually do think he's truly underrated. The only thing that's missing, obviously – he needs a deep tournament run, and it hasn't happened yet, so I think right. that's those one hand feeds the other there. Um, we're going in alphabetical order here, uh, but you know what? I, F it. I'm going to leave my next guy till the last one. So skip him. Go to Butler's Chris Holtman.
0: He would take it if offered. He will do well there. And if I had to take five bucks and put it on a person who I think is – uh, gonna be the next head coach at Ohio State. I'd probably put it on his name.
1: I think Holtman, and here's why. Yeah. With
0: these other guys, that like if I like, I, I think other guys will have. I think that job is offered to uh, you know whether it's offered formally, however that gets done. I think that job is there to take for people before it gets to Chris. But I think Chris is the floor. I, I think that it, by the time they get to him, and I I think it probably does get to him. And he does not pass on it.
1: I do not think he passes on it either if it gets to him. Um, how about Xavier's Chris Mack, who will probably get the call before Holtman?
0: I would agree with that. I think Mack gets the call before Holtman. I think Mack really thinks about it. I think this is one where you'd be foolish not to think about it. I think
1: this it. is a really tough choice for him. To Very
0: tough. It's, um, it's tough for these reasons. He makes good money at Xavier, uh, over $2 million a year. But it's, not, it's closer to two than three. Um, and so you could argue he's probably underpaid relative to his success um, relative to the market f- potentially for him. Ohio State could blow his salary out of the water. I mean, Ohio State could say, if you make 2.3 we'll give you we'll give you four, four a year, we'll give you four years. You I mean can't turn that down. I mean, we'll go four sorry. million, six years, like six years, 24 million and and the, and the opportunity to be the head coach at Ohio State University. Like that's tough, man. Now um, you're dealing with a different dynamic here because you're asking a man to leave his alma mater, yep. and that's and that's and that's, that that matters. Xavier
1: basketball is everything, whereas Ohio State basketball isn't. So there are definitely things to consider. There's no doubt about it. But if they're going to four million and you're going to the Big Ten, you got to take it personally. I don't know. I,
0: well, I mean, I, I never I never say you got to do anything because I, I I can't speak to what matters to Chris most. Um, you know, I if you're comfortable and you like where you're at and you you know the other thing you got to consider all the time and his children are young but like you know do you, do you are you do you want to move your kids you know do you right. want you know like all these things matter in ways that uh, casual fans don't usually bring up like do you like your house you know do you like your neighbors do you you know do you now i, I will say one thing working in ohio state's favor if that's the direction they they try to go it is it, a lot different moving your family from Cincinnati to mm-hmm. Columbus than it is from Cincinnati to Tucson, right? right. Um, so, like, it ain't like they got to move cross country. Whatever they care about in Cincinnati is is like going to be close. Um, I could see Chris taking the job um, if he wants it. I think he'll be the next head coach at Ohio State, but I could all he, I could also see him turn it down. And, and keep in mind when I say you know six years twenty four million Ohio State might just decide we're like we're not going that high for a basketball coach and sure. then and then and they say okay but we will go to three and then Chris says well you know I've got bonuses and automatic rollovers in my contract at Xavier um, I've got some equity built up here oh and by the way I just saw a coach get fired who was like unbelievable for most of his years so like that you know that uh, you know that that's something coaches pay attention to hold up I got to be better than Thad Mata. You know, like that's that's hard to do, and so you just say, you know what, I'm just going to stay where I'm at. Like I, I could see him turning it down. I, uh, I'm not here to predict whether he would or not. Um, I have said, I've said on the other guys, I think they would take it. I don't know for sure that Chris would take it, but I can understand why he would. I, I, the only thing I'll say about that is this: if Chris Mack wants to be the next head coach at Ohio State, I think he will be.
1: Listen, Xavier is a great program, great school. Mac is thriving there. Nationally relevant, should have a, a solid team again next year. Could you know? Could honestly, if if you tell me Trayvon Blue it is a second team All American, I'm not shocked whatsoever. So there there could be uh, a lot of good things coming next season, which transitions me to the next coach, because this next coach is set up for potentially. While this next team can't possibly duplicate the greatest season in program history. You could still argue this will be the best team in program history because it's never entered a season with this high of a ranking, and that's obviously by law, we must mention this coach whenever an opening is open. Greg Marshall at Wichita State.
0: I don't know if he would take it if offered, because he's got a preseason top ten team. He makes three point three million dollars a year. Um, he's very
1: com- gone to a new league essentially. That, and that's huge.
0: In- I mean that that part is massive. Like if they were still in the Missouri Valley, um, you know. I know Greg. Greg was getting bored with that. You know, like you know, you, you, you turn on Big Monday and you turn on Super Tuesday, and and you're watching it from a hotel room in Carbondale. And I, I mean that with all due respect, but like you know, when you're operating at the level his program's operating on, you you. You know, you want to challenge yourself a little bit, get into different markets. You know, now he's going to Memphis. He's going to UConn. He's going to Cincinnati. Like, that matters. Um, he's going to, you know, the Dallas Fort Worth area uh, for games. He's going to Orlando for games. I mean, that's a go look at the cities you travel to when you're playing NBC Row games and look at the cities you travel to when you're playing uh, American Athletic Conference games. So that's massive. I, I think, I think probably listen, I, it'd be a home run. He'd kill it there. I don't think he'll be the next head coach at Ohio State.
1: How about Virginia Tech? And I, and I wonder,
0: I wonder how much he would like. Some people like being the lesser sport on campus. Like some people don't mind, or I don't know if they like it, or at least they don't mind it. Thad is that guy. He didn't mind it. Urban Meyer's the star. Football's the big deal. I'm cool with that. I don't know if that would be attractive to Greg. I don't. I don't know that it wouldn't be.
1: But I, I can, don't think that. I don't think that matters. I mean, he was. He got really close to going to Alabama. So. I don't know. Remember, remember, he almost went to Alabama. Yeah, and that would. But so. you,
0: you'd have to. Oh, you'd have to pay big. I mean, you'd have to put a lot of money yeah. on the table. Yeah, he's yeah, he's making for 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 a, for a And then you'd have to ask him to walk away from an amazing team, like for a variety of reasons. I'd be surprised if Greg Marshall's the next head coach at Ohio State.
1: I would truly be surprised. Whereas there have been in, spots in the past where I wouldn't have been surprised whatsoever. Um, this that would surprise me, but. Gotta put him on the list. Uh, How about Virginia Tech's Buzz Williams? I
0: will be surprised if he's the next head coach at Ohio State. I think he'd do well there. Um, But you know, Gene Smith, I think yesterday, if nothing else, proved that he's in charge. And I don't that I don't know that that jives with Buzz perfectly. Like Buzz would sit down with Ohio State, and he would have seventeen pages of requirements. And I think they might just say, "Well, we don't, we don't want to. We're not going to get into all this." You know, your your contract demands are more complex than Urban Myers. You know, Buzz, because like when I talked uh, to the Virginia Tech AD about Buzz, he was like, "Whoa!" You know, he was like, "Wow!" I was blown away. Like he sat down and he was so detailed with everything that I think probably at some point in the negotiations, you just get to, you know, you're going to disagree on something. And to get Buzz to do anything, keep keep in mind, got a good team coming back. You know, probably top 30 team should go to the NCAA tournament. His contract is really tilted in his favor. And you'd have to give him basically everything he wants to con- to convince him to come, I think. And would Ohio State be willing to give him every single thing that he wants? Like, I, listen, if I'm Ohio State and I can hire Buzz Williams, I'm interested in doing that. I just don't. I think somewhere probably if they even go that route somewhere, probably it just falls apart.
1: I agree with you. I think this is two different things in play here. Um, if it, I can envision Buzz Williams as Ohio State's coach and thriving there, but the hurdles needed to be cleared, the loops needed to be, the hoops needed to be jumped through, I think prevent that from happening. Um, I do believe Buzz Williams will eventually leave Virginia Tech for a bigger program at some point in the next half decade. I just don't think this is going to be the spot, but. I, I, I could I I think he would be a good candidate and could possibly um, do really, really, really well there. OK, last candidate. Um, I definitely got pushed back on this after the, after the piece posted um, because people say this coach did not take, you know, the Indiana job when it could have been rumored to be offered to him. Why is he going to take the Ohio State job, which isn't quite as good? We go to the NBA, we go to the middle of the country, we go to a coach that once defeated Ohio State in a national championship game that would be Oklahoma City's Billy Donovan. Well,
0: the, the answer to the question why would he take Ohio State now when he didn't take Indiana three months ago is pretty obvious. They were in the middle of an NBA season. No coach, no coach was going to resign um, when you've got the MVP, probable MVP, or at least possible MVP, and you're headed to the Western Conference playoffs. Like You just don't know what, what might happen. Like you get in there, Steph Curry turns an ankle. You know, like you get in there and you know, whatever. Who did they play in the first round? Was it Rockets or whatever? Yeah. yeah, okay. You get in there, James Harden gets hurt. Okay, now you are in the Western Conference Semifinals. Like who? Like you just don't walk away from that. And if you are Indiana, you can't wait six weeks to to hire a, a basketball coach. I mean, I guess theoretically you could, but like you are probably not. And so the timing is the reason you 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 you, you couldn't. If you are Billy, you just can't do it then. Um, like who would walk who would quit on, on a playoff team in in the late in the regular season uh, right now obviously Oklahoma City's season is over and so the, again why do you take Ohio State now and not Indiana then because of the timing because of the calendar that for no other reason Um, all that said I don't think Billy Donovan would be Ohio State's coach but you got to make the phone call and here's why you make the phone call you just don't know what he, where his life is right now What if he privately hates Russell Westbrook? What if he privately thinks Russell Westbrook isn't going to be here forever? What if he is butting heads with somebody in the front office? What if his wife hates Oklahoma City? Uh, What if Urban Meyer, his good friend from those Florida days, uh, sells him on how amazing it is to live in Columbus? Um, what if he just wants to get back to college basketball, by the way, I don't think, or at least I don't know any of those things are true, but I'm saying you got to at least, you know, what's the harm in like having one conversation. And the one conversation is, is you, 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 you put urban on the phone with him and urban says, Hey, listen, they wanted me to reach out to you. Um, are you happy? Um, are, are you, w- would you even consider moving? Uh, they know what you make. They will not ask you to take a pay cut. So, you know, if all the money's the same or even the money's more, is this even worth talking about? And, and then, he, you know what? He probably says no. He probably says, you know, no, I like this NBA life. I don't have to deal with AAU stuff. don't have to deal with runners and agents. Um, I've got one of the best players in the world on my team. Um, I'm good. And then you move on. But, like, you at least make the phone call. And there is a scenario, not one that I think is likely, but there's a scenario where maybe you can get somewhere with that. So, like, you'd be insane not to make the phone call.
1: I agree. Uh, you make the call. I don't see that happening personally, but I mean, wow, that that would be just quite the coup if you could possibly lure Donovan away from the NBA, bring him in to replace Thad. That's that's a big time get if possible. I do think one of the seven we have mentioned. Will get the job. Doesn't mean there can't be another possible candidate or two that pops up, gets an interview, gets into the mix. Personally, um, you call Donovan first. I don't think – listen, we did not bring up guys like the Miller brothers because basically, um, one, Archie Miller's not leaving. Listen, don't get me wrong. Like I actually think if you put both of the jobs in front of Archie at the same time, Ohio State and Indiana – because of his connections with Thad and Ohio State, and if the transition felt natural, like I wouldn't put it past Archie to say I want to take Ohio State over IU. But that that ship is way off the dock at this point. He's not leaving Indiana to go in conference and coach at Ohio State. That's that, that's beyond bonkers to me. I agree. And 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 the idea that Sean is gonna leave – I don't even know how we got to this point. Like the only jobs that Sean, you know, barring some, you know, crazy inner turmoil within an athletic department or anything like that, Sean's only leaving for possibly Kentucky if it were to open or North Carolina if it were to open. There are just so few jobs left for Sean Miller to leave Arizona for because Arizona's already a borderline top five job in the sport. He is a top three recruiter in the sport. He's got the number one team going the next year, and he's not going to leave the Pac-12 to go coach in the Big Ten and have to face his brother every single year. They, they don't want anything to do with that. So those things are, are beyond pipe dreams, in my opinion, and it's weird that, that fans and Ohio State fans are even – I don't know. I guess it's just fans because they get totally nuts about this. <laughs> Did you see the tweet? GP Eisenberg retweeted it. Oh, my God. It was so good. It was it was like Jay Wright was on the wish list, and right. oh my gosh, the names were just they were incredible. Yeah. Um, the the names we have listed here, I think, are pragmatic, practical. Reasonable. Well, I saw I saw
0: somebody mention Mark Few. I'm like, Mark Few is not like Mark Few is not leaving Gonzaga. Like like that's just over with. Uh, especially now, that he's got a Final Four under spell. Like he's not leaving Gonzaga, uh, especially not for he ain't leaving Gonzaga for anything. But it's especially not for Ohio State. I'm with you on Arch. Like uh, you know, Rewind three months, put both jobs on the table. He might take Ohio State over Indiana. I'm not certain, but he might. Um, but like he's not leaving Indiana for Ohio State now. And with Sean, I do not think Sean's going to retire in Tucson. I think Sean Miller will coach somewhere else before his career is over. But I'm with you. It'll be Kentucky. It'll be North Carolina. It'll be Louisville. It'll be Duke. It'll be something like that. It'll be one of the five best jobs in the central or eastern time zone. Um, I don't believe it'll be at Ohio State right now. And here's why for all, really all the reasons you mentioned, uh, why you want to go be your brother's rival? Like, that's just not fun. I mean, like, your success will come at his expense. That's not fun for anybody. Um, or, or his success will come at your expense. E- either way, it's not fun. Um, and then most important, I think, you've got maybe the the preseason number one team in the country. It is the team we have number one in the top twenty five and one. You walk away from that, you you'll wonder forever. Like, could I have could that have been the year I won a national championship? Could that have been the year that I Yeah made my first final four? Like you just I even right now, like If if Kentucky opened for some reason or North Carolina opened for some reason, they're not, but, like, hypothetically here. I don't know if you can walk away from the preseason number one team in the country for anything, and especially not to be your brother's rival at Ohio State. So those are just, like, uh, a lot of these things I can envision. uh, I can't envision Archie under any circumstances. I can't envision Sean under any circumstances. So let's, let's finish up with this.
1: Okay.
0: I've already said mine. Uh prediction not who should be ohio state's next coach who do you think will be ohio state's next coach
1: so holtman is your prediction
0: mine is chris holtman yes
1: um but i do think chris mack
0: will have the opportunity to take that job uh, before chris holtman and i can see a scenario where he takes it but i I am operating under the assumption he passes it gets to holtman holtman accepts
1: my prediction will be chris mack uh one because i don't want to be boring and have the same pick as you two because i think that ohio state which operates at a profit their athletic department there's only like six or seven programs schools i should say in the country that cuz you got to take on all these different sports and stuff so few are actually operating in the black every single year cuz they got they said they're going to honor Thad's contract let's remember that too so they're going to be they got to be willing to to fork out a lot of money here uh, especially over the next 3 years here to pay a basketball coach I'll say Chris. Um, Now, Chris will have a good team as well. I think Chris would do really well at Ohio State. Um, But I do wonder about just like I wonder if Chris would be perhaps uncomfortable with the idea of leaving uh, Xavier to go up the highway so close and be in and be in Columbus. Perhaps that would make him a little uncomfortable or maybe not. I don't I don't know. But I'll say I'll say Mac because I think that you're correct in that. If it gets to the Holtman level, and I would put, you know, I put Cronin right along that line as well. They're all basically the same age, by the way. I mean, Max forty-seven, Holtman and Cronin, I believe, are both forty-five. Um, I'll say Mac, and then let me throw this back at you. So, real quick, um, I've had a little bit of pushback on the idea that Ohio State's a top fifteen job. I actually think it is unequivocally a top fifteen job. I wouldn't say top ten because I think the fan base support. Um, certainly should play a factor in that, and Ohio State doesn't even have like the fan support of say, you know, Gonzaga or whatnot. Um, but when you look at the facilities there, uh, Columbus is a is a major city. It's you know it's the third most important city in the, in the state, and but it's like a major city. It's got a professional uh, big four team and uh, the Blue Jackets in the NHL and all that. Um, I think it certainly qualifies top 15 do you do you agree with that and and as i say that let me just someone tweeted me i'm going to read off this uh list someone tweeted me uh, about the schools that they would rank in the top 15 um carolina duke kentucky kansas zona that's five ucla michigan state louisville wisconsin that's nine yukon's ten syracuse Nova, Indiana, Oregon, Maryland was the top 15 they gave me. That's Jeff Greenberg. I'll give him credit. I'll say Ohio State's better than Oregon. I'll say, ooh, uh, Maryland's a really close call. Um, And like Syracuse, Nova, I think, or Wisconsin, I don't know. Uh, To me, Ohio State is within that group, and I think it's firmly a top 15 job. What about you?
0: Top 15 job for sure, I think. I mean, uh, what do you want out of a job? All the resources available to you? Well, you got that at Ohio State um a, a natural recruiting base you got that at ohio state uh a, a history of success they've been to the final four in six different decades i mean that that, that, that doesn't show you that anybody can win there but it shows you a lot of people have won there and uh yeah and, and also this i think this matters it can be a positive or a negative depending on the, the coach you got in place i would view it i think as a positive. Um. People aren't nitpicking you every day, like mm. in like, you know, in Memphis. There, a week hasn't passed since the season ended where the state of the Memphis basketball program hasn't been a topic on talk radio, an intense topic because of transfers, because of uh, recruiting misses, because of a, a variety of things that don't matter for this particular podcast. I'm just saying, uh, in that market, in the Memphis, like you, you know, every player You miss on that's a story. Every player that everything that goes bad is a big, big, big deal, even if it's not that big of a deal. Uh, same thing in Kentucky, same thing in Kansas, same things at Indiana, um, probably same thing at Louisville. But it's not like that at Ohio State. Like, you know, they, like if you, I understand it's been a rough offseason, but I guarantee you that the conversations in on talk radio in Columbus, Ohio. Haven't been anything like the conversations on talk radio in Memphis, or at least not as consistent or intense. And the reason is because, you know, like oh, Ohio State football's the thing. You know, like that—that's what matters every single day. And so, if you seek the spotlight, that's not maybe preferable for you. But for everybody else, it's like, okay, uh, I'm not getting nitpicked every every day on about everything, and football season is a distraction, and. After football's over, uh, my, my alumni, my fan base, they'll look up. And if we're good, they'll jump on board. And if we're not, they won't, but it won't be the biggest thing in the world because Urban's working on a top-five recruiting class. And I think that's something that makes the job attractive to for, for most people. Um, you have all everything you need to be successful at the highest level of the sport, but you're not dealing with um, – the intensity from the fan base that you get at other places around the country
1: i think that's fair and remember we're talking job not program um which are two different distinctions although Ohio state when you look at their track record over the the years and making final fours i think it is a top 25 basketball program historically it's got to be considered a top 15 job um getting hired to these kind of jobs, how they view it. And within the sport, Ohio State is certainly viewed as a top 15 job, just a level below, say, what Texas is, although there's obviously a lot of parallels between those two universities with the importance of football, the recruits in the area. Obviously, Ohio is not uh, low on prospects in either sport in that regard. So it'll be interesting, GP. Got to note the timing here. We're going to be talking about this, I would imagine, on our next one or two podcasts because Gene Smith has to make a decision relatively quickly the july recruiting periods next month and it's not just like the fact that it's next month you have to get a staff in order you got to go on the road you have major events significant prospects for 2018 so you have to establish a coach and a staff get all of the travel arrangements get all of that together that's going to be coming up sooner than later so as i finish my my piece out with the canada stuff really by about june 22nd or so I think Gene Smith has to make a decision on a hire, and hopefully it'll be sooner than later because you want to get this you know, done in an efficient manner here. So I suspect that it will be done quickly. If it's not, that's not a good sign. You, given the, the status of the job, how much Ohio State should be willing to pay, and the candidates out there, I think we'll get relatively quick movement on this. It just remains to be seen if it's you know one, two, or two and a half, three weeks.
0: Last thing, hypothetical I know, um, but it wouldn't be a right to get out of here without asking. Oh, here we go. Does Thad career unfold differently if, say, he enrolled two months ago, Devin Downey? Uh,
1: you know, I had not thought about Devin Downey on this whole podcast. Well, see, here's the thing. Gene Smith points out yesterday,
0: the re- recruiting. if recruiting over the past three months would have gone better, then maybe we're not sitting here today. Um, and if by I better, I, I, I can't get inside his head, but... I couldn't help but wonder, is he thinking about Devin Downey or a Devin Downey-type impact player?
1: Yeah, well, I, what I think isn't helping – Because that, you might remember
0: on January 26, 2010 –
1: What is this new thing where you keep – Devin Downey is more than just a game, okay? It's more than just one game. He had
0: 30 points and five rebounds, three assists, and a 68-62 victory over Kentucky. It was John Calipari's first loss as a U.K. coach.
1: It's going to take a Devin Downey-type of recruit – to get Ohio State back on the right track. That's for certain. I'm with – I have no doubts about that. And uh, shout out to Devin now.
0: And shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to the homie Terry Teagle. Remember, you can subscribe to the Ion College Basketball Podcast via iTunes. So please do that. Thank you for listening. We're going to be back next week. Till then, take care.